0: It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, henhouse, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for Film Sociology with WFYI's film guru, Kaiser Shizzy. No, that's Matthew Sosie. It's such a
1: fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes.
0: Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosie. Lovers, welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or a comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Soci. The show is available as a podcast, it's also available on, on iTunes. And I have a guest who has his own intro, here it is. The blackest brother in the galaxy, Nubian God. What's a Nubian. Will someone shut that man up? Never! Never! Cynical. True. True, that's part of my fascination. I do hateful things for which people love me, and I do lovable things for which they hate me. I'm admired for my detestability. It is a newspaper's duty to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable.
1: (laughs) I don't like that fellow. The blackest... (laughs) I had to do it in black. You so black. I played I just, it twice. I was just hoping for a general. Would you care to step outside? <laughs> just get that in there too. And then we got the full trifecta.
0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen. My old radio partner in crime, Abdul dual is here. How long have you known me? <laughs> you know what? It, well, we the first the first incarnation of this nonsense almost went ten years. Yes. So we were just almost. You almost almost got a set of steak knives.
1: That's right. I almost got the steak knives, the gold watch, and beat Bob and Tom and Dave Smiles. It's
0: well. <laughs> um, with a stick no yeah. uh, it's funny because I always think of that era uh, along with my original my very first job here at FYI which was the three to eight slot on Sundays which I almost I had for almost 10 years. It, it, and it was a weird thing where, like, you know, I really wanted to make the 10, <laughs> but they had moved me to Saturdays so I could do the Blue Show Live. And, and anyway, and it was great because I they had moved me to Saturdays, and within a month, they were like, uh, we need you to come in on Sunday to fill in. Yeah. So anyway, but no, we've, we've been, we've we pretty while. much your entire
1: Indiana experience. Yeah, so there's always been a Matthew Selsey somewhere nearby <laughs> on, his, on his shoulder, like to, to Diago, brov- <laughs> or to, 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 to provide interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I picked you. As a Garrett Morris character in the bottom of the corner screaming and yelling. <laughs> I appreciate that very
0: much. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, in, uh, Abdul is here with uh, IndiePolitics.org, and uh, you've got a couple other things coming up with indie Politics. I know your, your radio stuff is now on the weekends, so you yes, can spend the, more time.
1: The weekday show is now the weekend show. Right. Uh, as... Uh, folks down the street move some things around, and then I looked at my schedule. I was like, "No, I need to move some stuff around here too." So, uh, yeah, IndyPolitics.org, which is the, the main website, we try to write about Indiana government politics. I write also a political gossip column called the Cheat Sheet, which is gossip, rumor, and innuendo that has a really bad habit of being right and about a <laughs> month ahead of everybody else.
0: So it's uh, it's not
1: it's not even
0: it's not not fake news. It's it's advanced truth news. It's premonitions. <laughs> yeah, you, you're a premonition, all right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so between that, uh, a daily email I do where I uh, scour every newspaper and news website in Indiana and do like a daily summary. Uh, we're about to start a television, online television program called Indie Politics 101. Which apparently I'm going to be involved with whether anybody likes it or not. Well, yes, you will be a guest. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: uh, we're also building a podcaster's network. Okay. Now, I, I, will I be the Tony Randall slash Terry Garr of the show in case in case a guest puts us out?
1: You would be the... <laughs> Uh, it'll, take me, it'll take me an hour to get there, but... You'll be the Don Rickles. Oh, that's nice. It's like the Tonight Show. Hey, we can't get somebody to show up? Yeah. But luckily, him. but ironically, we just tape right down the street. So, uh, yeah, this, this very well could happen. So, anyway, good to have you here, man. So, like, yeah, so so, he, so we can put your your highlights, your beard, in HD.
0: Nobody wants that. <laughs> Mrs. Associate doesn't even want that.
1: All right, so I have, and, and by the way, we have a lot to cover,
0: and it does not involve new films. That's okay. Abdul is here, because, I, let me, Abdul... Do you have any interest whatsoever in the new Mummy
1: film? Nope. Moving mm, on. Wait a second. Wait something. Let me check. Uh, no, 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 no more bleeps to give for that. <laughs> all, all I know is when I, when I, when I the last couple of the films I caught at the movie theater, they were sort of action movies. So naturally, the Mummy trailer is with was it. there. Yep. And the, the first time I was like, like okay, like you know, the first time you like, see any trailer, y- you focus and you pay attention. You're like, okay, like uh, Tom Cruise is in a. Mummy is kind of coming into a new well, part of it, you know, they they wrote a
0: ridiculous check. Um, and I know, I guess, uh, Universal is doing their uh, Dark Universe or something, something basically their their version of Scream Factory, like Shout uh-huh. Factory has Scream Factory, which is the, the horror si- uh, suspense stuff that they show. Hammer House, I wish, yeah. Uh, and 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 it kept, and it's funny, I I you see the traders are like, what's Russell Crowe playing Second Banana? Tom to crew. Tom Cruise, and then I find out he's 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 Doctor Jekyll. Oh. Get it?
1: Yeah. Mm. So we get we get a double. The more the listen, performance. Listen, 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 the more I see the Mummy trailer, the less and less I actually want to see it. So, did you get anything out of the Brendan Fraser stuff? Mm, Not no. really. No. But and, I was never really a big Brendan Fraser fan to begin with. So okay. Ever since Encino Man, I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> never again. And. I uh there there is a uh, there was a kabosh on the mummy
0: movies in my house uh by by my daughter and my partner HW uh she she had seen the original and then uh several of the offshoots that universal put out in the 30s and 40s cuz that's what they did kind of like now but it seemed like these were more fun back then and at the
1: very least they were cheaper and shorter yes and <laughs> and the and the Egyptians were actually played by you know real semi real Egyptians from England oh y- <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Hello, gods of Egypt. Um,
0: why does everybody have a British accent? <laughs> Will you shut up and watch Spartacus?
1: <laughs> I'm Spartacus, and so is my, my wife. wife. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean uh, like I said, uh, I'll, whenever I see, like, a remake of a film, the first question I always ask myself, okay, why? Are you trying to sort of do a reboot and introduce, like, a new generation of kids to the genre? Because sometimes I can understand right. that, you know, here, here are long, hey, here are the classic things your mom and dad really loved. We think with the reboot, you're going to like it too.
0: My question will be, what What do you bring to this? Now, to be fair, the the first the Mummy movies that Brendan Fraser were involved with uh, involved in not the greatest CG. CG has gotten better over the last couple decades, yeah. admittedly, but uh, that's that's still
1: not a selling point for me. And even when I, but um, but the, the Tom Cruise one, I'm like, okay, obviously somebody wrote you a really really big check. Yeah. So what? what movie are you going to be in in keystone that i'm going to have there to go see go. But, that that made, that that you got the money so you could afford to do that but money. but i mean cruise, cruise doesn't do a whole lot of those um
0: you know there there are exceptions to that like lions lions for lambs and magnolia i really like magnolia which were smaller roles supporting roles and smaller budgets but yeah it, it he he, yeah I'm, I'm waiting for the other shooter. to up no he does have a film coming out later this summer but that's still a fairly large picture see so I miss Born on the 4th of July that's you know, nineteen. a good men man that's
1: 1989 I know I that was when I was in college I know but they was like, okay alright this is Tom Cruise that I liked <sighs> I know Didn't so care so much for Top Gun where I had to put him in the you know, high
0: chair. and, and of... they're gonna make another one of those they're gonna make another well in, uh, until I see a poster or trailer I'm not gonna get too worked up about it
1: but who are they gonna fight <laughs>
0: The Nalsies. I don't. I don't know. The Russians.
1: Some, do you
0: know somebody with a weird,
1: non-American-sounding accent? Oh, no, okay. I, I have a rule. It's like why do all these people look like Johnny Quest villains? <laughs> I just can't quite figure out their ethnicity. <laughs> like, what the hell are you? Well, that's all right. Hello, Doctor Quest. <laughs> <laughs> They're like Bond villain yeah. wannabes. Yeah, here. so like. They all got the Nehru jackets and some right. Po- it's like the, laser the, thing. like the
0: actor who played Doctor No is not Asian. We're like, your eye makeup is weird. Yes. What is that? So that's good. So I'm yeah, it's not pleasant. They're gonna. Well, he was English. Yeah. We knew that. Now, now Blofeld, not so much. Yeah. But anyway, but uh, <laughs> welcome to film sociology. <laughs> welcome to free form radio with Abdul. We call it organic
1: down the street. There we go. Yeah, natural <laughs> ones and preservatives. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of preservatives, somebody retired today. Just kidding. Oh, never mind. <laughs> wow. Let's
0: move on, okay. shall we? So, no, I, I actually didn't see anything new this week, full disclosure, because I've been in rehearsal. Here it comes. Uh, the next setup for Abdul. I'm in a production of Richard III, which is going to be at the uh, Indie Fringe Basile Theater running June 30th through July 9th. So uh, and that's okay, but there there are alternatives.
1: Are you you the horse, a horse in my kingdom for a horse? I'm not the
0: horse. Okay, I'm not Equus, and I'm not I'm not Richard, but King Henry or uh, King Edward and Lord Mayor, not John Mayor. But ladies and gentlemen, there are other options other than the mummy film. Abdul,
1: when was the last time you went to a midnight movie? The last midnight movie I saw was actually when the Avengers came out. Oh, so so actual at midnight? Yeah. Oh, very good. Yeah, my friends uh Downtown Comics got a bunch of tickets, so we all met up at the 96th Street. With the unemployed folk. Yeah. Well, actually, no, these were the employed people. <laughs> oh, they was, it was like a these were the employees. Yeah, because were, no, this, no, this was like a Friday midnight show. Okay, showing. All right. So these were, these were people who had jobs, but they could take the morning off. Okay, so I, I'm going to explain. <laughs> not not the, the 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to explain <laughs> the
0: story. long time ago, we, we got invited to a Monday morning, 10 a.m. screening of Watchmen. That was organized by your uh, by said company. So there was the film critics, the IFJA guys like myself, and you know some of the other po- folks you've heard on the show. Abdullah was there, of course, because he worked ahead and made up for it later on in the day work week. And
1: then there was a bunch of other regular. Reg- <laughs> Can you hear the capital O capital P? And here's what, and here's where, I, and here's where I made a mistake. Because I wore a suit to work that day. You did. As opposed to regular clothes. You did. And so when I got to the movie theater downtown, I'm in a you know suit and tie. You're the in, best dressed uh, one dress, in the bunch. Start, okay, mm. here's the here's the film guys. You know, dress like film guys. Because, hey, you know what? You don't need to put on a suit and tie to no, I'm review a film. Sc- scrawling notes. Yeah. 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 But then I look at all these other people in here. And then it turns, <laughs> as my good friend Mr. Sochi said, into the biggest rant since Lee Elia <laughs> and the 1983 Chicago Cubs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was it was we can't we can't recreate that here. Uh even be a, if it is W hd H D two. I mean It was it was quite a thing. He was like, Who are these people who only are these people? only more profanity laced?
1: No, why aren't these people beeping, beeping work? The rest of the world's out there beeping. these beep suckers are trying to beep in baseball games.
0: So, long story long, um, long story longer. Keystone Arts, now again, this, this depends on when you're <laughs> listening to this program, but Keystone Arts has their Summer Midnight Movie Series that I've been uh, very excited for, and apparently this year's uh, theme for the summer is Messed Up Visuals. So, again, depending on when you're listening to this, June 9th, last night, and June 10th at midnight from 19, and I think it's also 1983, but Wolfgang Peterson's The NeverEnding Story. This was the film he did after Das Boot and before uh, In the Line of Fire, um, but uh, yeah, I remember showing this Emma. Not a fan. Really messed up
1: visuals. But my little brother. I remember thinking of taking my little brother to the movie theater. What year was this? I, I would say uh, we'll check on that. But I think uh, like eighty-five-ish.
0: I think so. I think yeah, oh, nineteen yeah, eighty-four. Sorry, nineteen eighty-four. Yeah, I remember taking my little brother to that. Did he like
1: it? He was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> Well, you can see it again at midnight. Right. Yeah, the thing is, we're like 30 something odd years old, and he'd still be like, well, you would say some other words just to. Right. Anyway, that yeah, is.
0: Because happening- he was a
1: big never ending story, Flight of the Navigator, all that. He's uh, like all that type of stuff. The early, yeah, you're kind of early 80s live action yeah. kid
0: stuff. Okay. Well, um, then June 16th and 17th, <laughs> not there. From 1971, Ken Russell's The Devils with Vanessa Redgrave and Oliver Reed. Ken Russell of course gave us everything from Tommy Listomania, Women in Love, Altered States, and it's a it's a priest who is accused of witchcraft by a nun who uh, who uh was uh, her her advances were spurned by uh said priest that played by Oliver Price Reed No 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 this is uh this is a film and that the fake red blood looks like tomato juice This is not fake Well there's fake blood but don't know how red it is but this was released in 1971 now by Warner Brothers this was Ken Russell's follow up to Women in Love which got an Oscar for Glenda Jackson and was also famous for a naked wrestling match between Alan Bates and Oliver Reed you're welcome. <laughs> but this one has, is uh, famous for its controversial scene of naked nuns raping a crucifix. Yeah. W- and Warner Brothers put this out. Wow. And um, to this day still does not have a home video release in the United States. I wonder why. Uh, yes. But uh, I have a vi- I have a copy of it at home. But, yeah, this will be intriguing to see who shows up for this one. Uh, Sounds like a Monty Python sketch. Um, yeah. I'm gonna think uh, you got to take out one of those elements. No, I think you have to take the rape element yeah, out. That's yeah. you can have naked nuns and you got to have a crucifix, <laughs> but, but you can't, can't have ooh. both. Kind of like the- your Superman three theory. Yeah, yeah okay. You can have Superman, you can have Richard, Richard Pryor, but, but not you can't do- both. Right. Uh, June 23rd and 24th, Tommy Wiseau's masterpiece, The Room, which means you'll hear my interview with Tommy Wiseau, the classic chat on next week's film sociology. June 30th and July 1st, uh, Miyazaki's Ponyo. Yeah, this will be the English dub version. Apparently, July seventh and eighth, the Studio Ghibli film *Grave of the Fireflies*. Uh, July fourth, and that's Japanese with English subtitles. July fourteenth and fifteenth, the Samantha Robinson film *The Love Witch*. And I'm trying to get one of the actors involved. In that film, on the show, uh, modern day witch, uh, sexy witch, uh, conquering men's souls. Hmm. Sounds like a Skinnamax uh, film, but yeah, it sounds like something you'd see late at night on Showtime. Well, you're going to see it midnight at the <laughs> Keystone <laughs> Arts, where the bar, um, July 21st and 22nd, in French with English subtitles. The seventy, I think, 1973 French animated film, Fantastic Planet. That era of odd grown up uh, animated films, not just Ralph Bashke but you know Fantastic Planet, Watership down. Um, and the
1: people have like weird their mouths moving that weird shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. And then Ju- July 28th and but look, 29th. But look on the bright side. At least there's no, no old man playing chess with death and a smoking cigarette. But you will still watch that over <laughs> The Mummy. Yes. And Medea. Yes, so so th- and any Medea film.
0: There you go. And then finally, July 28th and 29th, John Cameron Mitchell's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So uh, everyone's favorite transsexual rock and roll cabaret show. So what's playing at Keystone during the day? <laughs> uh uh <laughs> okay, let me get to that. Uh, let's see, this weekend. Uh, of course, one of the new films opening, uh, My Cousin Rachel with uh, Rachel Weisz. A young Englishman plots revenge against his mysterious and beautiful cousin, believing she murdered his guardian, but falls to her charms. Uh, Megan Levy, the story of a Marine corporal whose unique discipline and bond with her military combat dog, saves many lives during uh, their deployment in Iraq. Played by Kate Mara, who has survived the Fantastic 4 <laughs> Um, the wedding plan. Uh, which, this is one I actually saw. It's an Israeli comedy. This is a film. What? That, what are you talking about? No, not that comedy. That's Fiddler, and that's that's okay. coming later this year at <laughs> Civic, Richmond Civic. But um, no, this is a uh, this is a film I'm really hoping never gets remade in Hollywood because it's a young woman who's tired of being single, so she organizes a wedding. Has this has the setting, the date, the location. You know, of course, the only thing missing the groom, the groom. So, one so of those whoever shows up, uh, kind of, but we get the myriad of uh, potential potential clients, and uh, it's it's it could be a little shorter, but it's lean and it's not it, it's despite the premise, it's not dumb, okay? Which means they will remake it with Catherine Heigel and it'll be terrible. So,
1: if I so if I go and I see it, I walk out, oh, okay, all right, that was kosher.
0: Moving on, <laughs> um, Brian Cox as Churchill. Uh, the biopic about Winston Churchill. Huh. It's it's okay. It's it's it, it's about Churchill's final years involved in his involvement in World War II and how he was more of a figurehead than actually being
1: yeah.
0: uh you know in the ground in you know, them in the trenches.
1: The lands and but the but and it, is, it is surrender.
0: It is kind of an English actor's rite of passage because Albert it. Finney's played it, uh, uh Timothy Spall has played it, and now Brian Cox. The performances are good. I like Brian Cox. So who plays
1: Tony Blair? Uh, no, wrong, <laughs> wrong Churchill. Chill. same person who's uh, playing Theresa May right <laughs> uh so anyway that's over there um oh not to cut you off no go ahead. Right. but to cut you off um uh, I was watching British election returns last night because I'm a total dork on BBC oh Lord Buckethead yes <laughs> extremely silly party yes he got votes yes he did he got he probably would have gotten more votes than Herman Cain <laughs> I pulled I, I looked it's like Lord Buckethead look he looks like the guy from the you know the, the Black Knight <laughs> yeah it looks like the Black Knight and he got votes and people voted for him yep. I was like wow it's that. Here's well, the Prime Minister, but best what I love about the British election system. If you're on the ballot, you're, you're up there. You're up what there. And they, they call the results. There was an Elmo yes. up there as well. And there was a guy that looked like a really bad cross between somebody from the band Slade and Doctor Who. And that wasn't a costume, that was the actual that was the, guy. That yeah, was the actual guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. And, and then a guy dressed like Boss Hogg from. Dukes of Hazard, Sorrel Burke or Burt Reynolds. No. It doesn't really matter. Um, of course, my yeah, wife kept asking me, "Honey, what's an MP? Is that like when I was in the army? Like, no, dear. It's a little no, bit of a different uh But I guess the,
0: the closest to that was that uh, kind of GOP debate where he had nine candidates all in the same suit. No, oh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Thank you for Lord Buckethead. We like we like. I, he's got a following now on Twitter, <laughs> of course. He's got more followers on Twitter than he got votes. But in sh- Parliament. Sh- And Funkadelic. All right, so that's happening over at Keystone Arts. Uh, Another question, Abdul. When was the last time you went to the drive-in? Have you taken your lovely wife to the drive-in? Can I answer the the Fifth Amendment on that question? I guess so. Okay. Uh, Actually, no. We've never done the drive-in. we got to work on that. I I know we've talked about the the Associate Shabazz road trip (laughs) to the drive-in. Over at the Tibbs, here we go. Um, Screen One, The Mummy, and Lowriders, which I don't know if that got a theatrical release. It has Damian Bashir, who I like. Um, but, yeah, it's about low-riding cars in L.A. With, and, the, and the people who drive them and the people who mm. love them. Uh, screen 2, it comes at night, along with Alien Covenant, to
1: our R-rated suspense films. I did see Alien Covenant. And? I love Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing. You see, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to help you fully appreciate that, yeah. Every time I go see a film, the first thing I do, as soon as the wife and I get out of it, is I send Mr. Sosi, a text message with some sort of snide right. remark. If he's really from. upset or it, happy, he'll call. Yeah, for, Yeah. exactly. But uh, we saw Alien Covenant a couple of weeks ago. And so I, I walk out, in, and in the film, part of it, they play Wagner entrance at the gates or whatever the, right. the thing is. You'll and know it. You'll know when you hear yeah, You'll know it. when you hear it. And so I texted Matt Sosie that's like, hey, you was know, Wagner and Jew eat here? <laughs> Michael Fassbender still the best part of that film. He's the only part of that film. There you go. Both of them. <laughs> yep. Um, and, I, and I don't, by the way, I don't think I'm doing any spoiling,
0: by the way. Oh, No, not no, not at all. But if you, by the way, if, when you see that there's two Michael Fassbenders and you don't know what's happening, I we can't help we you. We can't help you. Screen three. I'm surprised you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. That's apparently your weekend's plan. We were supposed to
1: go see it uh, last weekend, uh, but the wife was just dead tired. She's doing she's Getting her physical therapy degree, doing internships is skin you know, done. Yeah, so she was just exhausted. We're going to try to go see it this Sunday. Okay, I'm looking forward. To everything, everything I've heard from people who normally I disagree with all say it's really good. It's a little CG heavy. It is at the end, at the end, but that's a typical. Yeah, I mean, and but if, and that's a. Mi- I think that's a minor quibble.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot. The of
1: best fun. compliment I heard is that it doesn't feel like a DC movie. <laughs>
0: Yep, I would say because because the bar was set pretty low, so you know it didn't have to it it, it it had to do a little more than just show up. Look at me, I'm valedictorian in summer school. Right, but uh, but yeah, there's there's now a slew of guys and ladies that have fallen for Gal Gadot. So, and uh, what was and it? actually the, the
1: director? She was on Conan O'Brien, the Patty other night. Jenkins, yeah. who
0: directed Monster. So uh, you know that's the other thing is this is the biggest. This will be the biggest money-making film by a female director, and this will hopefully open the gates a little more for other see, directing I th- opportunities. I thought, uh, what's
1: her face? Cameron's wife was the Hurt Locker. Yeah.
0: No, this is going to make more money than Hurt okay. Locker. It got the mo- Now that got the most hardware. Okay. But no, we'll we'll see. That is teamed up with Snatched. If you want to see Goldie Hawn's first film in over a dozen years, and then Screen Four, because they had to just throw something together, Captain Underpants. And, and Baywatch. Watch. Okay. Guess what? You need something on screen for. And you hope the kids fall asleep for after that. Um. All right. Over at the, <laughs> over at the skyline. Yes, Captain Underpants and Baywatch. Moving on. <laughs> um. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Hanging out with Abdul Kim Shabazz of IndiePolitics.org and other nonsense. <laughs> um, Having fun. Getting caught up with my good friend, Mr. Matthew. Always good to you. have you here. Now, there's, there's a few new titles on uh, DVD and Blu-ray this week. Um, Beauty and the Beast, which is very well done and very not
1: necessary. It's just... I was like, once again, I find myself... As, I guess because as I'm getting older, okay, what's the point? You're on the front stoop, because Disney could make it, and they wanted to do it with live action people.
0: Okay, and that's about it. But uh, li- you know, but we 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 don't have little kids. Mine's not little. Um, but even if I did, not made for us. Uh, no, so
1: I'm like I'll take you to the Broadway production. You can to see it, you know, up close and in personal. Yep. Now, and by the way, was there like some controversy with the Gaston character? Uh, no, or? no,
0: Gaston's sidekick played by Josh Gad. There, there was a was shocking. There was a theater in the South that didn't want to play it because he thought they thought he was gay. Uh, maybe they should have just been brothers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Besides, when and by the way, when you have a musical and your best singers are the uh, the foppish sidekick and the wardrobe. Ooh. Got to work on that. What do you when the tea cozy is the best singer? <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Uh, however, there is a film that comes out on video that not enough people got to see when it came out. And uh, and I liked it. It's it's called A Cure for Wellness. And I, I have to find a name. But it's the young gentleman who was the Green Goblin in the last reboot. and But it has a hammer horror feel to it. Only visually impressive. It's Gore Verbinski who did um, the first Pirates of the Caribbean and the Mexican, and he's a, a, an executive who's supposed to retrieve his company CEO from a wellness center in Europe. And it looks like The Shining, but has the story of a Hammer yeah. film. And uh, he gets <clears throat> he sinks into the wellness center further and further and further.
1: Because when you first hit the wellness center, I'm like thinking to myself I like the movie with Anthony Hopkins and Matthew Broderick. No, that's that's a that's, cure. That's a road, that's that's a road, road to Wellville. Wellville
0: with friends like these. Who needs enemas? Yeah, I didn't write it, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that is that is out on video. However, I uh, there's there's a few folks we want to talk about that, uh, and there's a uh, that uh, we love. Abdul and I are big pro. Working actors. You don't have to be a big movie star. You don't have to make a cajillion dollars. If you're co- if you're doing four, five, six, seven films a year, or you go, you're working, or if you're bouncing from
1: <laughs> TV to movies to the stage, England. And even if, and by the way, even if you're making the multi-million-dollar summer piece of crap to make the really good, right? You know, we substantive like Substantive, like, wow, that was awesome film. Yeah. So um, I'll forgive you, Idris Alba. As soon as, as we- <laughs> now, we'll get to Idris in a little bit. <laughs> But um
0: a video that came out on uh movie that came out on video last week on blu-ray is uh, is a film called, called Pell the Conqueror and it's from 1988 and it was a uh, a story of a of a widower and his son emigrating from Sweden to Denmark to get a new life and he winds up being uh working in the barn and working with the cows in this uh not not quite Dickensian uh farm owner but darn close it is it is Scandinavian but the the star of the film is Max von Sydow. This is where he got his first Academy Award nomination in 1988. Yes, and the
1: young carpenter from Nazareth. And
0: I we, knew him well. Lo- we love Max Fonsito because the man
1: has worked in just about, about everything. everything. So I want to go back because, of anyway, course. Anyway, you go know, from Jesus to devil and needful things. And I know needful <laughs> things is
0: one of your favorites. <laughs> but, he, of course, he worked with Ingmar Bergman in films that Abdul loves, like The Seventh Seal and Wild Strawberries, The Magician, The Virgin Spring, Through a Glass Darkly. Um, and then, yeah, be, it, and then became known in Hollywood as the Swedish Jesus in the Greatest Story Ever told. told from 1965. And then bounced back and forth between Sweden and the U.S. with films like Hawaii and Hour of the Wolf, The Passion of Anna, Shame. Now, and of course, Father Marin in yep. The Exorcist. Um, and he was also, I want to say, in Rogue One. Yes, we're getting to that. So March, you know, March or Die, Hurricane... And then there was there were two films that in the cult world he will always be loved for Ming the Merciless in the <laughs> really campy <laughs> Flash, Flash Gordon, Gordon. with a oh, queen soundtrack and, and quarterback for the New York Jets. And uh Brewmeister Smith in Strange Brew, if you were to incorporate Hamlet with Mackenzie Brothers. And and the fact that he gets to do comedy, that's that's rare as well. Played Blofeld in Never Say Never Again, the non broccoli uh Bond film with Sean Connery. Um, yeah, what was in the original dune is Dr. Crines, but just you know, Hannah and her sisters constantly working and he he has two nominations under his belt, this one and um, oh God, what was it? it was it was the best picture nominee that I really didn't like. Um, oh, extremely loud and incredibly close. But but now he's become kind of an elder statesman mm-hmm. and showing so like you said he's he uh he's getting I think uh, the Christopher Lee treatment yeah. by appearing in Rogue One and apparently he's one of the voices in Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens you know has appeared in Game of Thrones the man is what ninety he, no he's um he's getting close yeah. he's
1: eighty he's eighty eight. So, um, but, but yeah, but when he picks up a lightsaber and battles Yoda, then that's when you know you've. There made you it. go, yeah, uh, Robin. Yeah, the the Robin Hood
0: with Russell Crowe, Shutter Island, Rush Hour three, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly,
1: Minority Report. I mean, constantly working. So
0: more power to
1: him. And I see, and like I said, I totally understand the. Okay, you write me a check for this, so that can finance the really good work I'm doing over here. But I think, I would I would hope that CEDAW is also like the
0: Michael Caine type of, uh, I've never seen the film, but I've seen the view from the house yeah. that it got <laughs> me. So anyway, uh, but salute to Max, and he's still with us and still working, so we like that. Um, there's a couple other Come actors. Now.
1: guns don't kill people. People <laughs> kill people.
0: There's a couple other working actors we need to salute that, that passed away uh, earlier this week. Actually, the one passed away yesterday, but uh, Peter Salas. English actor Peter Salas, who uh, his first credits go back to the late 50s he was 96 years old and at the very least he will always be remembered as the voice of Wallace huh from Wallace and Gromit So going back and this is this is the part of the show where I scroll through IMDb always fun <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah night 19- oh I'm sorry his first 1947 and a television version of A Midsummer Night's Dream for British television is Peter Quint's, Um Child's Play, Anastasia, uncredited. Uh, the Scapegoat, No Love for Johnny, a slew it was of- in the
1: original Child's Play?
0: No, not that child's okay. play. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> like, he played
1: Chucky? I'm no, my,
0: that's Braddorf. We know that. Of course, he was in a 1970 film version of Wuthering Heights. Who wasn't? Um, he uh, appeared Kathy. in The Avengers. Chief McCloud. Uh, Frankenstein, The True Story, which I remember seeing on television back in the early 70s. The Incredible Sarah. Um, Yanks Go Home. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through. Um, but, yeah, then and then by the mid-'90s, early to mid-'90s, was the voice of Wallet in all mm. the Wallace and Gromit mm-hmm. films, like A Close Shave, The Wrong Trousers, uh, Wallace, and, Wallace and Gromit, and The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, and played Clegg in the longtime series uh, Last of the Summer Wine. So huh. we like that. That's cool. I'm and, and, surprised it wasn't in Crossroads. <laughs> which Crossroads? The British version. Oh,
1: not the Bad Blues thing, no. or a Britney Spears movie. See, uh, the fact, see, the fact that you would, when I say Crossroads, that you would think a blues band, and I would think an old British soap opera. Well, it's, it's, it's our no nation Street. Yeah. So, um, and, then, and you're no James Bond. No.
0: Huh? Okay, now we're quoting another <laughs> film, which we, we, we can't say anymore, because yeah. we know your favorite yeah. uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> yeah. rant from
1: Charlie Wilson's you're War. You're no James Bond, you're no Thomas Jefferson. Yep. Uh,
0: we found out yesterday that, uh, that that lady, Glenn Headley, passed away. Was Headley. Was, thank you. <laughs> there. Uh, 62 years old. Um, the first thing I saw her in, and she had had a role in Four Friends, Dr. Detroit, but she was the hippie uh, wife in Fandango, appeared in Woody Allen's Purple Rosa Cairo, uh, but then wound up in films like Seize the Day, Making Mr. Right, and then her kind of one-two punch was she was the object of uh, Steve Martins and Michael Caines in Dirty and Scoundrels. Scoundrels, which led her to her next year playing Tess Trueheart in Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy. And then appearing in films like Mortal Thoughts, uh, played Mrs. Holland in Mr. Holland's oh. Opus, worked with uh, Steve Martin again in the film version of Sergeant Bilko, Nobody's Perfect. Uh, played Dr. Abby Keaton in ER, Two Days in the Valley, Babe Pig in the City, uh, appeared in the film version of Vonnegut's Breakfast of Champions, um, What's the Worst That Could Happen? Uh, confes- played, I think, Lindsay Lohan's mom and Confession. no, a teacher in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and uh, yeah, Kit Kittredge, Don John, and earlier this year played uh, Emma Watson's mother in The Circle, huh. so
1: that lady. I'm going to surprise you, <clears throat> yes. and guess where I first saw uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? In a theater. No. On stage. Nope. Where? On a flight from, from? Germany to the United States, coming back from Europe. In 1989. And finding out what the hell happened here. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Dirty Rotten Scoundrels was the end flight <laughs> Nice. <movie>. Very good. <laughs> Memorable. Because, yeah, because there's the part where the part I always remember is when Steve Martin is, is at the very end where she, like, gets in on the scam yep. with, with him and Michael Kane And Steve Martin's about to say something like, oh, but he's mute. He can't talk because of the vocal courts. correct.
0: Court. <laughs> so, yeah, and also Glenn Headley was one of the founding members of uh, – Steppenwolf. Oh, well, the Steppenwolf Acting yeah. Company. So we like that. So you've got our motor running and Head out running on the down highway. the highway. God. Okay. Um, once again, you're listening to Film Sociology with uh, Abdul-Akim Shabazz and me, Matthew Sosi. Now, the other reason why I had Abdul on the show, besides the fact that it's always fun. And he was right down the street. <laughs> and he's right down the street. <laughs> but you had posted something on your Facebook page earlier this week. And I was at first I was under the impression that you had never seen this film before. And then I found out you had, but it had, it had been a while Abdul, <laughs> Abdul, I'm gonna. The floor is yours. Well, it's always yours. You showed up, but uh, but you got to re-experience
1: reefer madness. Yes. This <laughs> past.
0: Now, how did this happen?
1: It was Saturday morning, um, and normally I take Saturdays to get a lot of my editorial writing done for all the million publications. But I decided, like, you know what? I'm taking Saturday morning off, just so go in the living room, have my coffee, turn on the TV, and start flipping the channels. I'm like, hey, wait a second. That's that's Reefer Met. What channel
0: was carrying this?
1: I can't remember what it was like, you know, MGM or Mplex. It was one of those. Okay. Yeah, one of those channels. And I'm sitting here like, oh my god! Did you, for, was it at the beginning or how far? Yeah, it, it's the when the school teacher is. Oh god! It's, election. It's a, it's,
0: by the way, so I, and because of this, I revisited <laughs> Reefer Madness, and it's only sixty-eight minutes. Not that it feels like it, but there is a this, this film opens with a scroll longer than Star Wars. Yes. Followed by bespeckled white American guy from the first half of the twentieth century telling you
1: of the dangers of marijuana. And the drug dealers are all wearing suits and And the, and high school kids are all thirty. Yeah, and they're and they're going to this party and <laughs> I just sat there just like I felt like I was watching a bad train wreck. It's like I just can't stop watching this crap. Yep. And where and part of the motive and part of the reason why I actually really did uh sit down and watch it, I had just done uh, a series of stories on indypolitics. about legalized marijuana, because yes. the attorney general had just written an op ed that we had published about Indiana not legalizing marijuana, and so I'd interviewed some folks out in Colorado, and so. And by the way, hi Bill Levin. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it was all 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 of so it was it had marijuana put sort of in the brain. And I'm like, oh my god, you've got to be kidding me, reefer madness, and <laughs> and how. <laughs> And it, it was so bad; it was almost offensive that you had to smoke marijuana, or at least have an edible, to sit through that nonsense. Um, so, so a little background: this this was originally supposed to be a film called "Tell
0: Your Children," which was uh, done by a, a, a spiritual right wing kind of organization, and they decided, and it was you know, it was basically to tell you marijuana is bad and it'll, it'll kill you, and it'll, it'll turn you against your, everybody. And uh, as as they and started, and it'll make filming, you play the piano a lot faster. We'll get to that. But it, as it, yeah, as it started playing, they they kind of hyped up the exploitation a little bit. There's a, there's a, there's a near rape moment, and this is 1936. This is you know, this pretty, is the year my dad is born. Right. <laughs> so, uh, but as as Abdul said, yes, the drug dealer's in a very nice suit. He looks like the man in the gray flannel suit, yeah. as opposed to Huggy Bear.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's just that whole thing, and then somebody gets shot. Bad acting. 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 I mean, and there's
0: one thing that it's it's one thing that look acting styles have evolved since the 1930s. This this happened. No, this didn't. Uh, But yeah,
1: we have we have. It's like the first take of a Gone with the Wind audition.
0: Kinda. It's you know you have uh, and you have white kids uh, in. uh, By the way, these are supposed to be high school kids hanging out at a malt shop. With a guy playing piano furiously, yeah, um, you know, and are in tweed jackets and sweater vests and bow ties, and yeah, and it was just, and of course, it pushed up all the things that they claim marijuana did—that it made you psychotic, it made you uncontrollable, yeah, g- laugh uncontrollably, made you hyper, made you you know reckless driving at high speeds and run over people. That's called meth.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, yeah. The, the, but no, the, there was no. As I sat there, I was just like. I, I just, basically I just couldn't stop watching it. That's yep. why when I wrote on my Facebook page Reefer Madness, seriously. Yeah. So uh yeah, it is something to see and it, and and it really it, was a remake or a musical? They they made it into a
0: musical. Yeah, you have to look into that.
1: What kind of joint is this? Uh-huh.
0: But um, but this was a film that gained a cult following, obviously, in the 1970s Jeez. because everybody, well, everybody except certain administrations knew that's, that's not really yeah, what that's it what does. does. Um, the, the, the double feature to go with this, there was a documentary that came out, oh gosh, I think over 15 years ago called Grass. Um Woody Harrelson narrates it, of course, but it's about the history of the U.S. government's war on marijuana. That goes all the way back to, I think, the 1920s when uh, they claimed Mexican immigrants were bringing it in yeah. and they needed to relax because they were working in the fields all day. But, of course, white America didn't like the uh, the brown
1: people. With, and their, their, with their marijuana cigarettes <laughs> and their, 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 their ragtime and, and their shameless la- music. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> with the giant guitars. So they'll grab your son and your daughter the arms of a jungle animal but, but, instinct. But there were a
0: number of anti-drug films oh, yeah. that, um, yeah, that made the room look like a Chekhov play. God. So yeah, these
1: these are fun, bad to watch. Like really, yeah. Like I said, folks, I was just. Center, mind my own business. I knew I should have just watched my Incredible Hulk reruns from the night but before. No, no, but but it, but it also
0: sh- talks about you know when scientists would in the documentary grass that you know scientists would do experiments to find out what's really happening, and the government's like, nah, we're just going to spend more billions and millions of dollars and have the DEA yeah. and. And then the Reagan stuff. And, well, you kind of
1: figure out where everything yeah. goes since then. Let's so put more people in prison, cost more money, and there's still more drugs on the street.
0: Yeah. But anyway, so there's your double feature recommendation from Abdul <laughs> and Matt. Reefer Madness and in Grass.
1: Not that I would ever promote the use of illegal hallucinogenics, but if you must watch those films, go do it in Colorado. Or have a drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Drinks are legal. Except on Sundays. Except on Sundays. <laughs> Sundays. So,
0: All right. So that is... <laughs> that was, see, this... The, <laughs> This is like the when you would get the call. We would get the calls. All right, it's an Italian horror film, late sixties. Late sixties. There's <laughs> right. a guy run out of a church, thing. and with, within ten minutes, there's somebody so is going to get <laughs> intense scrolling during the show. Um, yeah, so that's that. That's a trip. That's that's hanging out there. What else have you watched recently, sir? Um,
1: like I said, we uh my two, two number films so far have been Guardians of the Galaxy and Alien Covenant. And I kind of felt bad about taking my wife to it, did, did, but, but she she's a scary movie person. But it's not really a scary movie; it's Alien. So <laughs> you you know what's going to happen. You know, right. Those things are going to pop out of somebody's stomach, and people are going to going to die. But no, uh, now, do you do you? Uh... But but here's my thing: I have to see every single one of them. Why? Because I just started doing it. <laughs> Just a complete, uh, completest. Yeah, I have, I've seen the only Alien film I did not see in the movie theater was the first one because I was too young at the time. I understand, but Aliens two, three, four. Wow.
0: Pi. I had to review Alien three in college. That was. I um.
1: It's actually kind of liked Alien three.
0: It looks cool, yeah. and and I need to. And of course, that's David Fincher's first big film, and I would love to see his director's cut. I believe it's out there on video. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um yeah, I remember seeing aliens in the drive in. That was fun. That's that's fun when you're a bunch with a bunch of teenage knuckleheads. Not smoking, of course.
1: Yeah. That's no. We didn't Yeah, we it. saw it in college and my favorite line is, you know, what's his face? Bill Paxton. Paxton.
0: Gosh, Emma Watson's
1: parents from The Circle are both
0: gone now mm, yeah. within a matter of months. <laughs> that's bummer.
1: Yeah. So though no, those are only two things I have seen. I, I do look forward to uh return to Spider, Spider- new Spiderman new Spider Man film. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give hope. Well, at the very least, I can look at his aunt. Well, thing is, I but see. But here's the thing. Once again, my my friend, whom I love dearly, don't don't take this the wrong way. uh Oh, here we go. Bless your heart. Uh-huh. <laughs> ready? <Really>? Yeah, ready. <laughs> I'm giving him a look. It's the look. Look, my wife gives me for the Iron Stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, I have a certain. I keep a certain level of expectations. Okay. With Marvel superhero films. I don't expect deep meaning acting. I just go to enjoy the film and I understand and then leave. that. That's, that's my that's whole- That's all you're asking. That's all I'm asking okay. for. Yeah. It also helps you have Michael Keaton as your villain. That will be interesting. That will be interesting. Because I did have to say, you know, I think it may be the only a handful of people on this planet who see Marco Keaton as both a vulture and Birdman. Yeah. <laughs> and he's done villain, uh, Pacific Heights
0: yep. and Desperate Measures, uh, which hardly anybody saw. Uh, Pacific Heights, Yeah, again, you might want to have a few cocktails before watching that because that's a early 90's thriller with Melanie Griffith
1: but he's not bad. But even when he played Batman in the original Batman film in 89 he still had a little bit of that schizophrenic personality. Good to have. Yeah. Good to have. Now, have you seen The Founder? Speaking of Michael Keaton. Mm-mm.
0: I would like to get your take on that. Imagine the social network but replace the internet with fast food. Huh. So and it's the uh, the fact that a guy comes in to the McDonald's restaurant with the brothers and and not the brothers mm-hmm. and uh, Brothers E R H E R eh. S, not Brothers A-S <coughs> Hi, hi, family. <laughs> but uh, but and then of course he winds up franchising it and winds up basically taking it under their feet. And the brothers, the McDonald brothers, are Ron Swartzen and uh, John Carroll Lynch, yeah. who we who we both adore. But uh, but yeah, and that's one that was it was going to be considered for awards at the end of the year, and it just kind of I think well it was, I think the Weinstein's put that out and they put all of their eggs for the film Lion instead. Okay. but, uh, but anyway, it's it's quite good. It's quite good. Okay. Um, I want to br- talk about uh, you. You brought up Idris Elba earlier. I we had joked, uh, I think, on your show <clears throat> that um, I want to I want a remake of Three the, the Hard, hard way. way with Idris Elba in the James in the Jim Brown part because he's the rugged one. Uh, our guy Chuatel Ejiofor in the Fred Williamson mm-hmm. role, the slick one. And that means John Boyega's got to learn kung fu because he's going to be playing Jim <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> and and then I talked to a lot of guys, and I had some people that were very adamant. Hi Jay, it cannot be an American film. We all know that they're English and they can do American accents, but they has to be set in London. I went, okay, that's fair, you know, because they're a racist yeah. in London. Too. <laughs> they're racist in England too. Go to a soccer match, you well, know, or where where they
1: parliamentary elections last
0: night. You tonight. know what? Uh, nobody's throwing a banana on a baseball or a basketball or a hockey. Uh, True or a football field here in the states, but you go to a soccer game yeah. st- in Europe. <sighs> anyway, um, if you don't know three to hard way, it's one of my favorites. Uh, and, I, and there was a picture of your, your your brothers, which I called five the hard yeah. way. But it's it's these three these guys. My,
1: no, just so, no, these yeah. are my literal literal brothers. actual brothers. Yeah, not yeah. like not like my Vulcan brothers. I'm not trying to be him. Yeah. No,
0: I got by the way, I like Bill Maher, I got the memo. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so. It's three guys that are fighting a white suprem- supremacist group who want to poison the ghetto water. Not the suburbs water, water the ghetto water. There's punchlines. I'm going to throw it out. And Abdul's not swinging, so we're going to move on. But <laughs> what are you going to do? Boy, turn it into a great S- Kool
1: Aid? Send it in Flint? No. Um, but yeah, if you're going to poison the water in the black neighborhood, that's already been done. Right. <laughs> Call it the EPA. So, anyway, uh,
0: Three to Hard Ways of Fun film. And and we were talking earlier about character actors or that guys or working guys. The guy who's the villain in Three the Hard Way, and you've seen him. He's this kind of foppish, almost English-looking guy. And his name I find his name is Jay Robinson. And uh, looking through his stuff, he appeared in fi- the film version of The Robe, with Richard Burton. Mm-hmm. Uh, played Caligula and Demetrius and the Gladiators back in 1954. Not the um, Roman Polanski Caligula. Not. No, no, that's not Roman Polanski. It was uh it was Bob Guccione produced. Produced okay. Produced, not directed. No, yeah. that's we'll get to little <laughs> later. But but you know, that kind of guy was and played Julius Caesar in an episode of Bewitched. Um the things that we kind of know him for, besides this, but he was the final skit in everything you wanted to know about sex. This is the one where Woody Allen plays yeah. the sperm mm. and the brain is in the brain you have Tony Randall and Burt Reynolds yeah. and the, it's basically the male body going through a date, going through intercourse. Hi, NPR, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's, and it's treated like a submarine mission. Huh. Well, uh, this guy, Jay Robinson, played, of course, the conscious. He's a priest, and he's you know, guilt. the The body is riddled with guilt for a brief period of time uh-huh. until they capture this guy and yeah. throw him in a cell. So, uh, but I'm going through my video collection, and I had purchased. There was a series of uh, Plays that were filmed for television, whether it was network TV or PBS or BBC, a lot of these were done in the 60s and 70s. And because of my uh, involvement in a production of Richard III, I actually came across a DVD uh, from 1982 of Richard II. The history plays the aren't the history, the prequel, smart <laughs> guy. But uh, anyway, the history plays, I'm yeah. still, you know, we're still still calling it, But anyway, he had a role in this. Huh. So I'm like, okay, Shakespearean foppish, that guy who
1: works on a whole bunch of stuff. Budman, so. But if you remember the line, my friend, yes. and you'll, you'll, you'll remember this once I say it, lots of famous white actors have played exploitation films. <laughs> Thank you, John Vernon, and yeah. I'm going to get you sucker. Shelley Winters uh, and Big Bad Mama. That's right, Angie Dickinson, <laughs> Angie all, Dickinson all that. Angie Dickinson, yeah. <laughs>
0: but let's see, what what else has Jay Robinson done? I uh, played Mr. Hawkins in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, last credit was 1998 with the series Mad Jack the Pirate. Uh, appeared as the ghost of Crusoe and Ghost Ship. Uh, was the cook and Big Top Pee Wee. Uh, film titles like Transylvania Twist, The Malibu Bikini Shop. These are sea level films, wow. folks. But the check's cleared.
1: Uh, you know what those remind me of? What's that? Those late 60s and that putrid Technicolor films that you can see on Comet TV. Oh, yeah. So it's really bad, science yeah. fiction, yeah, horror really film. cheap. Yeah. Let's see, he was King Charles
0: in The Sword and the Sorcerer, played the – oh, what, another – oh, gosh, he's done some other of the, uh, the video films. It was the Porter in Macbeth, was the Duke of Venice in Othello, Um, was in the film Born Again, Professor Thaxton in The Waltons, was in Shampoo – of course he was in Shampoo. <laughs> and, of course, he was in – yeah, Monroe Feather in Three the Hard Way – Um. Oh, God. This is Bunny O'Hare. That's the one with uh, Betty Davis and uh, Ernest Borgnine, Robin Banks. Dresses and, yeah. 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 That's not an exploitation film name. The 1957 film version of My Man Godfrey, The Wild Party from 1956. And, yeah. yeah, back to back, his first two film roles, The Robe and Demetrius and the Gladiators, both playing Caligula. Wow. So, anyway, but, yeah, <laughs> the working guy. That's fun.
1: So, meeting the Three the Hard
0: Way. But but he will not be in our remake of Three the The Hard Way, Way. unfortunately. So somebody please get cracking on the Three the Hard Way uh, remake. We're all for it. trying to find who my villain would be. (laughs) Okay, so who, well, let's see. Who can play, well, wait, we have an English white supremacist character. Patrick
1: Stewart played it last year in (laughs) Green Room. (laughs) Oh, actually, I know know I'd get to play him. Um, Remember V for Vendetta? Yes. The guy who played the head of security, Mr. Creedy?
0: Oh, i got to check this up.
1: Yeah, the guy who played Mr. Creedy, uh, he was actually in the British version of House of Cards for a while. Oh, Tim Pickett Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would work. Yeah, he fits Ooh. the – he's kind of got that British Aryan Foreign, look to him. <laughs> Foreign
0: Secretary in Quantum of Solace, yeah. uh, Calvinist Minister of Gangs of New York, Lord Ascot and Alice in Wonderland. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The show's all right. It's cast it's now. Cast. Now just sh- go shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> Take the old script, put some English references in there. Aluminum schedule. Yeah. Talk <laughs> and, about a torch. Yeah. <laughs> Drive on the wrong side of the road, and bam, bam. You got a show. Temptations can do the theme song still. Um, yeah, that's fun. Which, by the way, speaking of which, Truck Turner was on not too long ago. I see. That's this was the this was the attempt to try to make Isaac Hayes into a movie star. Um... Uh, Oh, come on. That's that's fun. Okay, I admit okay. the soundtrack
1: The soundtrack is better than the film itself. The soundtrack is better than the film, and I just can't get over Lieutenant Uhura. She and, had to. Yeah, and that—I mean, just—the just role
0: was just so not her. No, well, it was—well, it, it was so not Uhura, is the point. Uh, the, yeah, Noel ne- Nichelle Nichols plays a madam, and there is a scene poolside. Again, we cannot recreate it. We cannot say it here on the show— but she's kind of says what a what a madam would say, without the fifth sandwich. I was like, whoa. Well, and that's I mean, she at that point this is what
1: 1974, so sure. she had to do some. She had to work. It's like Star Trek's been off the air for five years well, now. Well, and, and they'll start making the remake for another three.
0: Right. Let's see. So what? All right. Let's see what she did. Okay, she only had two credits after that. Um, a TV series called Insight. She appeared in that in an episode of that. And then she appeared in an episode of the series *The D.A.* That's Did she do
1: anything on stage or anything? Or
0: um, not until later, she was the chairman in a TV film version of *Anthony and Cleopatra*. Uh, the super not Anthony Cleopatra Patrick Patrick Jones. Jones. <laughs> wow, we didn't we didn't rehearse that, folks. That that came <laughs> naturally. Uh, no, I think by that time she was, I think, doing some stage. She was also a singer. Okay, I think she was doing some cabaret work. Um, but yeah, I, somebody had somebody had taken that pool scene and incorporated it with the animated Uhura from the Star Trek animated series oh, wow. in the seventies. I'll show it to you after the show. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Truck Turner was. Uh, yeah, that was attempt to make uh, because because Isaac Hayes got an Academy Award for the Song of Shaft. Uh, they they tried to make him into
1: a movie star as a bounty hunter. And see, so the, and the one thing I will always remember about whether it's. Uh, Truck Turner, Shaft, uh, Hell Up in Harlem. Oh, we love all, and we love all series. These is uh, a conversation I had with my dad because he always loved those '70s black exploitation. This is why films. I love your dad, and he, and he and I was like, Dad, this is a horrible film. How can you watch this crap? He's like, Son, you got to remember, back then, this was the only work these brothers were going to get that they weren't playing a subservient one holding a tray, hold the tray. Yeah, Fred Williamson take the tray. and beat you in the head with it. Yeah, I was like, you know, and his, mama cooked, shrimp, and his yep. mama cooked shrimp, and his mama cooked shrimp, and his <laughs> mama... I know. And I was, it's, I was it's, like, it's like, yeah, because we, unless you were Sidney Poitier or Harry, Balaf- Harry Belafonte... Or Bill Cosby. Or Bill Cosby,
0: <laughs> this is what... This was it. So when you had, of course, our guy William Marshall, who, uh, you know, would play Thoroughgood Marshall on stage, but... And, and then show up as the Black Exorcist or Blackula, so... Yeah. You know that that's another example of one for me, one for the one for the studio. So, but even he had a Star Trek appearance. He did have a Star Trek a good Star Trek appearance. appearance, by the way. And he and he played. Uh, he was also in Demetrius and the Gladiators yep. back in the fifties. But you know, he had a role in uh, the film of the Boston Strangler, where it wasn't TBG
1: Token Black Guy. And what's even funnier about him his role in Star Trek is that he's the guy who like invented warp drive. That's yes, the mad si- like, like, scientist. who invented like everything.
0: And he it was a it was kind of a mad scientist character. He had yeah. one model that just knocked it out of the park. Yep. So there's right. your precious M5. <laughs> you know if, if now if he were still around he'd be he'd be the grandpa he'd be the dad in three of the hard way yeah <laughs> with the cane that's got a knife in it <laughs> right and the, he dressed like John Steed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's so who's Emma appeal? Oh, um, now, well the mom's Pam Greer. Yeah, um, can Beyonce kick butt? That's ah, just overrated. Zoe Saldana. Okay, there we go. That's your, there's but your no, Peele. but no Nina Simone makeup. No, did you have you seen that? Um, no, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that there's com- now nah, we're just gonna move on. Um, we're gonna move on from that. So anyway, yeah. So uh, what episode? No, nah, I know Truck Turner was not Comet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just uh, actually TV one. Yes, yes. There's TV One. Yes, T- TV One and they, they they play the old stuff. They play the stuff we were just talking about on uh, Saturday nights. Yeah, they do TV One. They also have like another one, I think called like Center One. Right. But here's a here's something actually funny. Oh, great media guru that yes, you are. TV One has, for some strange reason, started playing the Cosby Show. I have a theory.
0: Oh, do tell. As the why they've started
1: playing Cosby Show. Now this is the '80s one because yes. Bill Bill had a few sitcoms under his belt. So the yeah. one we all know of. And I thought okay. it was interesting that you start playing Cosby the week the trial starts. Uh, of, I was going to go there, but you said it first yeah. out loud. Yeah. yeah I kind of noticed. Like, huh?
0: Now so, is it is it starting from the very very from beginning? Very beginning. So you, you, if you go to your
1: DVR, S one E one. Yep. You're very. Wow. When her name was Felicia. Allers, right, oh, yeah. right. And she couldn't for a shot till after she married a moderate shot later on. That is true. Yeah, interesting.
0: And when did this happen? This week? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Just week ago. Was
1: getting ready to, oh. get underway. Oh, have you written about this yet? Mm, not yet. I'm in a. See, for me, Bill Cosby's kind of in a weird place because it's the classic: you must separate the artist the, from the, the, art. the artist from the yeah, right from the art.
0: Um yeah that that is true. Um now even before all of this there was admissions to having a, a child out of wedlock well, with somebody else. Well, you, okay, he's okay for radio He's shrugging Abdul's shrugging his <laughs> shoulders. But I and, and I know that's that's small pe- small potatoes compared to what he's accused of now. Yeah. But the um Dr. Cosby family values pull up your you're wearing sunglasses see, see, telling see, kids see, to pull see, up your see, pants. But I think
1: there is from that perspective, I will always argue there's a difference between the morality that Dr. Cosby was preaching versus his own personal life. Because he was saying, "Hey, pull your pants up, don't be a burden, get your crap together." Noted. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I say there's a it's, okay. a, it's a it's a fine line between, you know, getting caught in the bathroom stall. Senator Craig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been watching CNN in the '80s lately, and just Why? all the just all the days of the old TV evangelists and the. Oh uh, yeah, all, yeah, well, all, we we love those. We love those. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's like when you see uh, nowadays when you see a preacher on uh, uh, on YouTube or somebody on their ca- camera phone going ballistic during service, like scandal involving this reverend in three, three two, two, one,
1: and cue the 19-year-old. There mm. you go. Either gender. Anyway. Yay. Cue the 17 year old transgender kids. This guy just got caught in the bathroom. Or the, uh, and to go with the documentary Outrage. Yes. So,
0: and there's your other double feature. (laughs) All right, Abdul, we got about a minute or so
1: left. Uh, Tell folks what's happening at indiepolitics.org. We are growing, we are expanding to provide you more news and information. So you can always go to indiepolitics.org. We also do a daily email. ...that you can sign up for. It. We'll say we go through all the major news sources, including our friends at WFYI... Appreciate and it. ...and Indiana Public Media, highlight the stories that they're doing all in one place so people can just go and click and find the stuff that they like. Uh, we're starting to launch a... coming this fall... <laughs> he says with air-finger qu- quotes. Yeah. Indy Politics 101. It's kind of like Charlie Rose and Richard Pryor and a guest. <laughs> Dead honky. No. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and
0: and a, I can't and course, wait to be part of, you of that. And, of
1: course, cheat sheet, and just Google me and you'll find me all over the place. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we wind down the weekend, the weeknight show tonight at uh, Down the Street and start our weekend show, Saturdays 1 to 3. There you go. Good to have you here. Hey, always good to be here, my and, friend. And again,
0: r- once again, tell your dad I, I will watch uh, The Shootist and Hell Up in Harlem with him yes, anytime see. Because his own children will not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. I my daddy's records. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's the Saturday show. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, words to live by. Soylent Green is people. Zardas has spoken. Go see a good movie. You deserve it. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show. Here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan.
1: you let her watch nanos. <laughs> Is she scarred for life?
0: Let's put it this way what when I parent are you? <laughs> when I wake her up, I vocalize the theme to wake her up to get oh. her ready to school. Oh you're a terrible father. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live!